Growing in God's Word and learning what it means to take up our cross and follow Jesus. This is Crosswalk with Pastor Clay Stevens from Cross Culture Church in Raleigh. You ever feel like you need to be rescued? Do you ever feel like you're absolutely in an utterly uh, helpless and hopeless situation as an individual? Stuff going on in your life? The road of life. It's up, it's down. And sometimes it feels like it's all over the place. At times we feel very secure on the road of life. At other times, we could probably all agree, fear and uncertainty are present as we walk that road. There's nowhere you can go, there's no circumstance that you can find yourself in, no situation, however dark or however dismal or however whatever, there is no place that you can go that God is not there with you. If you're walking and trusting in Him, God is there with you. Hello and welcome to Crosswalk. Today, Pastor Clay is taking us to a psalm written specifically for travelers facing an uncertain journey. We may not know what is on the road before us, but we can be sure of the God who goes before us on our journey. The 121st Psalm will speak to each of our hearts today and remind us of this truth that I keep emphasizing. God's got this in your life. Now here's Pastor Clay. I want to lead you to the cross. Have you ever been in a situation in your life that felt so absolutely, utterly, totally, completely out of control, beyond the the realm of anything you could do about it, absolutely helpless in the situation. Have you ever had some experience in your life where you just just had this absolutely hopeless and helpless feeling? When I was seven years old, I went with a friend of mine and his family to the beach one day in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And uh, I remember it was, a, it was a beautiful day. It was, you know, puffy white, stratocumulus clouds in the sky, blue sky. I, I remember there were, there were lots of seagulls and, and pelicans and people. It was just a lovely day. There was nothing... Uh, in the day, there was nothing in the moment that gave any indication to me about the completely helpless situation that I was about to find myself in. You see, my, my friend, Victor, and I uh, decided to swim out to a sandbar that was a little ways offshore. Uh, we could see people out there, and they were walking around on the sandbar, and that was pretty cool. You know, look a good ways out in the ocean, there's people walking around out there. Uh, that, that was a pretty cool thing, and, and so we decided that we would join them in that, and so we began to swim out to the sandbar. What I did not uh, realize at first was that as we were swimming, my friend Victor began to get tired, and when he began to get tired, he began to get scared, and when he got scared, the next instant, he was in full-blown panic mode. And I don't know if you've ever been in the water, I don't know if you've ever been swimming uh, and and you went into a panic mode or you've been around somebody that goes into full panic mode uh, when they're swimming, but when a person goes into that uh, mode, when they were in that, that situation, they will do anything in that moment to stay above water. And I remember Victor began to grab a hold of me and just scream and claw and, and, and 
and literally try and climb on top of me to stay out of the water because he had panicked that he was going to drown. And so he's, he's climbing on top of me and, and doing all that he can. And I tried to calm him down. Forget it. It didn't do any good. I tried to get away from him. That was impossible because no matter what I did, he just kept clean, kept grabbing, kept clawing, kept pushing me farther and farther down into the water. And I was seven years old, but I, to this day, I can still remember the absolutely, utterly helpless and hopeless feeling I, meant, I felt in that moment. And just when I was resigned to the fact that I was headed for a watery grave, I felt these two strong arms come up under me and lift me up out of the water. The lifeguards who were on the beach that day had seen our predicament and had come to our rescue you ever feel like you need to be rescued <laughs> somebody looked at their watch well, what time is it I, you know, right sometimes you need to be rescued daily you ever feel like you're absolutely in an utterly uh, helpless and hopeless situation as an individual stuff going on in your life even as a church can i say this to you even as a church uh ever since uh, uh, Made the announcement of us, uh, God's laying in our heart that it was time for us to step away. I have, I've sensed in many of you, now what? What's next? My prayer is that the message today, God's word that we will look at in God's word, will speak to each one of us and to remind each one of us, as I've even said earlier in this service, God's got this. In a few moments, we're going to look at the 121st Psalm. If you have your Bible with you, you can be opening to to it now the 121st psalm is actually a song which most of the psalms were originally they were originally sung it was actually a song that the uh, travelers going up to Jerusalem would often sing to remind them of God's faithfulness in the midst of problems on the road of life so to speak Because you and I run into problems on the road of life. You and I run into difficulties and trials and hardships. You and I come to those places in our life where we feel utterly helpless and hopeless. And my prayer is that the 121st Psalm will speak to each of our hearts today and remind us of this truth that I keep emphasizing. God's got this in your life. Psalm 121, I'm going to read the text to you that's just eight verses and read those verses to you in just a moment. And then from those three verses, what I, what I want to emphasize or highlight is what I see is there are three attributes of God that help to remind us why God's got this. Why God's protection can be upon his people. Psalm 121, hey, we haven't done this in a while. If you're able, would you stand today, please, for the reading of God's word? I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day nor the moon by night. And the Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. And the Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. 
Father, thank you for the truth of your word. What a magnificent passage to read this morning. Even to sing, Lord God, as the Israelites used to sing it in the days of old. Remind us of the truths that just ought to leap off the pages of your word into our hearts in every circumstance. And that, that's, that's the beauty of, of, of your word and of you, Lord God. I don't know. There's no way for me to know every single thing that's going on in every single life in this room today. Or those perhaps who will watch or listen to this message. But we live in a broken world, a sin-cursed world. And so I know at any given time, there are all kinds of hardships and uncertainties and fears and doubts, depressions and despair. Help us to remember to lift up our eyes from whence our help comes. For our help comes from the Lord. It's in His name we're praying. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Be seated. And let's, let's just jump in. Let's look at three attributes of God that we can find in Psalm 121 that I pray encourage you today in the midst of your uh, journey on the road of life because all of us are on that journey, aren't we? Let's start with this idea today. God is able to protect his people because of his omnipotence. That's the first reason we need to understand from Psalm 121 why God is able to protect me, why God has got this. It is because of his omnipotence. I just read it, but look at it again uh, in verse 1 through the first part of verse 3. I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. You know, uh, even today, Depending on where you are in different places, but, but even today, traveling can be at, at times a, a little uncertain, even a little dangerous at times. But traveling in the ancient world was oftentimes very dangerous. And the, uh, the, the travelers traveling up to Jerusalem from wherever they come, as they would return to Jerusalem for festivals and for feasts, certain times of the year, if they would make this journey uh, to Jerusalem, uh, oftentimes it was a dangerous situation, and they would, they would sing the 121st Psalm to remind themselves of the, of the faithfulness and the goodness of God, and to remind themselves, to give themselves hope that, that in the midst of this dangerous journey that they would sometimes make, that God was with them, and that God's power was sufficient for whatever would come into their life. And on that journey, there was, there was Always danger from, from bandits, from robbers along the journey. There was danger from wild animals uh, in, in, in those days. There was danger from exposure to the elements in those days. And, and this journey could be difficult at times. And the psalmist is reminding them and reminding us that the God who placed every single one of those stars in the sky... Now, by the latest estimate that I could find, two trillion galaxies, with each galaxy, the average galaxy, containing a hundred billion stars. No wonder the psalmist says in Psalm 8, when I can look at the night sky and I see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them? It truly is an astounding thought that the same God who, who, who 
designed and created and spoke the cosmos into existence is the same God that watches over every single step that you take in your life. He is the God that has the power. He, it is His omnipotence. He is all-powerful. So that whatever would come into your life there need not ever be a fear. Boy, I wonder if God could, could handle this one. I want this, but this one is so big. This one is so overwhelming. This one is so sure for you. But not for the God who spoke the worlds into existence. You know, growing up in my, in my home, uh, my dad, and some of you may have had the same type of fatherly figure, but my dad was a very domineering figure in, in our home. He, he, he was a very dominant figure. I mean, I mean he was the one... He was the one who decided what, what we were going to have, what was going to be okay for supper each night. My mom might give him an, some options, but, but he was the one that decided what we had for uh, supper each night. He was the one who, who was going to decide whether I was going to get that bike or that BB gun that I wanted. He was the one that, that decided what show we were going to watch on the one television in our home, on the three channels that we had to pick from. Uh, he, he was the one that was going to decide what show we would watch. He was the one that would decide what punishment would be dealt out if, if we did something wrong. And so I'm, I'm just telling you, in, in our home, it didn't take long for my brothers or my sister or myself uh, to realize that, that in our home, it seemed as if our dad had all power. Now, the reality is, he didn't. In reality, he was a mere mortal man with his imperfections and his frailties and his failings. But the psalmist says, not your heavenly father. Your heavenly Father has no imperfections, no frailties, no failings. He is all-powerful. How else could the writer of Genesis uh, say this, ask this question, uh, clearly rhetorical, is anything too difficult for the Lord? And the answer comes back, no, no. Second Chronicles uh, chapter uh, 20, uh, and he said, O Lord, the God of Our fathers, are you not God in the heavens? And are you not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand so that no one can stand against you. Nothing, no one, no situation, whatever it is, nada, nothing that will come into your life is, is beyond the scope of God's power to operate and work in your life and accomplish whatever would need to be done. Remind yourself today that God is omnipotent. He has all power for whatever your life holds in front of you. Here's the second attribute this morning. God is able to protect his people because of his omniscience as well. Let's read it again. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. You know what that's saying to you? That no matter whether the adversity in your life comes to you in the broad daylight or in the shadows of the darkness, God is there no matter what. He knows all. He sees all. He's never, he's never unaware. Because, because, the writer starts out by reminding us, hey, God's got all power. And we think, well, that's fantastic. I'm glad to know God's got all power for the situation in my life. But what if, what if something should happen in my life that God would be unaware of? The psalm says, no, no, no. 
Our God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. There is nothing that he does not know. There is nothing that he is not aware of. And and you notice the the double use of the term? He doesn't slumber, he doesn't sleep. That that double use is emphasizing the fact that he's never caught unaware, he's never caught off guard. God doesn't sleep, God doesn't even nod off. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the things uh, Cindy and I enjoy doing uh, everyone now and again is is seeing a good good movie. You know, we like to to see a good movie. Whether it's at the theater or whether it's at home, Love to, love to see some there, there, is, there are a few things on this earth better than a, than a big tub of popcorn, an ice-cold Coke Zero, and a good movie. But sometimes, at the movies, my wife will nod off. She'll kind of fall asleep, especially if it's not her kind of movie. She's very gracious to let me see some movies and, uh, that I like. And sometimes she'll, she might nod off. And, and, and there have been occasions when maybe uh, she'll sleep for 10 or 15 minutes. And, and I'm looking over there and she's asleep. And then, and then suddenly she'll, she'll wake up. And, and on occasion she has turned to me and said, what did I miss? <laughs> how, how, do you, how do you begin to explain? I, this week I was, I was working on this message uh, one day. And I just... I, I just I don't know, I just could not stay awake. I'm trying to work in the minute, and I just, I just kept falling asleep. And listen, you know it's bad when the preacher puts himself to sleep. <laughs> not God. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He's never caught unaware. Tell me God doesn't have a sense of humor. <laughs> Let, let's be honest. There have been moments in your life, maybe you're in one right now, but there have been moments in your life, if we're honest, when we would say, when we feel like saying, Wake up! Did you, did you not see that I lost my job? Did you not hear what the doctor said? Do you not understand what's happening in my marriage? Sure, we feel that way at times. And so the the psalmist says, listen, he knows. He's not unaware. He knows exactly what's going on in your life at any given time or any given moment. He does not sleep. He does not slumber. He is not caught off guard or unaware of the circumstances of your life. And, and the sheer fact that God knows should at least be some sense of comfort to us that God is not distancing himself from our problem because he is unaware. And that in, in his sovereignty, I must trust that, that, that he knows what's going on and he must be accomplishing his purposes through this trial, this difficulty, this hardship, this, this brokenness in my life or whatever it might be. That's the point of his omniscience. There's nothing he doesn't know. When I was uh, in high school, uh, and I played football, and our coach, Coach Bedwell, had this big tower uh, on the sideline of our practice field. And he would get up in this tower, and from... From his vantage point, he could see everything that was going on on the field. He could see who was slacking off. He could see who was missing an assignment. 
He could see how design plays were working out or not working out. He, he could see the whole thing because of his vantage point. And in the same way, because of God's omniscience, because he, 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 he is all-knowing, he's never caught off guard, he, he has a vantage point that no one else has. He has the ability to see all that is in your life, has come into your life, or ever will come into your life. He already knows. Here's the third attribute today. God is able to protect his people because of his omnipresence. Uh, verse uh, 7 the Lord will protect you from all evil he will keep your soul the Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever you see kind of you notice there the 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 threefold promise of protection did you see that that threefold promise protect you from all evil keep your soul guard your going out and your Coming in, do you, think the, do you think the writer is trying to tell us something? He absolutely is. He's trying to tell us there's nowhere you can go, there's no circumstance that you can find yourself in, no situation, however dark or however dismal or however whatever, there is no place that you can go that God is not there with you. If you're walking and trusting in Him, God is there with you. Because, why? He is, he is omnipresent. He is everywhere present. That's our God. Not only does he have all power, not only does he have all knowledge, but he is everywhere present. I don't understand how all that works. He's a personal God and yet can be all places. I don't understand. I don't have to understand. He's proven it over and over again in his word and he is everywhere present. I mentioned a moment ago that I played football in high school. Well, uh, my senior year, we were scheduled to play Suncoast High School. And Suncoast High School had a player by the name of Anthony Carter. Now, some of you older folks may remember Anthony Carter. He went on to be an All-American Heisman Trophy candidate at wide receiver at the University of Michigan and then went on to have a, a multiple All-Pro seasons with the Minnesota Vikings. He, he was an amazing athlete. And the week that we were scheduled to play Suncoast High School... We didn't prepare to play Suncoast High School. We prepared to play Anthony Carter. I'm telling you, that, that was it. That's all the coaches focused on. Anthony Carter, Anthony Carter, Anthony Carter. Emphasize staying in your lanes on the kickoffs and on the, on the punt uh, team. Uh, double, sometimes triple teaming him wherever he was. Being aware, every de- defensive player knowing exactly where Anthony Carter was at any moment on the field. Here's the funny thing about it. It didn't make any difference. We literally could not stop the guy. He, 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 he literally was a one-man team. And, and for those of us on the field that night, it, it seemed as if Anthony Carter was omnipresent, man. He, that dude is everywhere. And you cannot stop him. In truth, our God is omnipresent. Wherever you would go, he is there. And because of his power, because of his knowledge, and because of his presence, he is able to work. And listen, it's, it's, not, it's not only, it's not only uh, in this time, it's, it, look, look what it says. It says, he finishes by, he says, from this time forth and forever. 
It's for every moment in your life. So listen, you don't know what's coming around the corner for, your, for you three years from now. But he does. He already knows. He's already there as far as we're concerned. He is omnipresent. And you see that? There's so many examples of that. For, for instance, when, uh, when, when Joseph w- was, was carried off... Uh, thrown in the pit by his brothers and, and then eventually carried off into slavery in, in, in Egypt and then falsely accused of rape and thrown into prison and, and seemingly forgotten. The truth is he wasn't. His God was there with him to, to, to bring him through that circumstance and, and, and in time to take him out of it. Years, 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 years later, when the Israelites uh, fell into captivity, slavery in Egypt and they, they were mistreated, and they felt like perhaps uh, that they had lost all hope. They found uh, when Moses showed up that they, he reminded them that God had not forgotten them. God was there with them the whole time. When they wandered in the wilderness, God was with them the whole time. Even, even uh, physically being demonstrated as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. God was with them as they walked through that wilderness journey. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were carried off into captivity and, and when they got in trouble for, for, because they said they were going to worship only the one true living God. Y- y'all remember that story? We've got to look at it. We've got to look at it. Daniel chapter 3. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. And then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, listen, I want to say to you in your life, but suddenly is coming in your life. Whenever in God's timing and His providence and His sovereignty decide to it, but coming is coming into your life, I'm telling you. But suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his adversaries, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Nobody's volunteering to go up and count them again, I'm I'm pretty sure. Well, yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. (laughs) Uh, You're righter than you think, King Nebi. But it wasn't a king, it was the king. It wasn't a god, it was the god. Everywhere. His omnipresence, His ability to be with each and every one of us in each and every station and moment and circumstance of our life. Whatever it is, whatever comes, God's got this. That's what I want you to walk out of here with today. That absolute assurance that God's got this. Listen, the reason reason Jesus could walk on water The reason Jesus could take uh, five loaves and two fish and feed more than 5,000 people. The reason Jesus could restore sight to the blind. The reason Jesus could could cause the paralyzed to, to get up and walk. The reason Jesus could conquer death is because he is the God who has all power, who has all knowledge, and who is everywhere present. He's the God who is able to, to have control over all of his cosmos and all the materials that make up his cosmos. 
by the way, this is the part we don't want to hear. It was in the circumstance. It was in the trial. It was in the fiery furnace that they experienced this personal, intimate connection with God. It was in the trial that God showed up. I, I'm sure, had you, had you questioned Joseph on the front end, hey, Joseph, let's got this plan. Uh, your brothers are going to hate you, uh, sell you. They're thinking about killing you, but they're going to throw you off to slavery. You're going to end up in prison. You're going to spend a lot of years down there in, in prison. I, I'm pretty sure Joseph said, you know, I'll just wear my robe and keep quiet. I'm sure if you had asked the Israelites, hey, uh, God taken to the promised land, but you're going to spend 400 years in, in slavery, and, and then he's going to lead you out into the wilderness, and, and it's going to be tough out there. You know, but but all the, I'm sure they'd have said, I, you know. In fact, we know that they did that at times. Well, maybe slavery is not such a bad thing. I'm sure if you'd asked Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, hey, uh, Nebuchadnezzar's going to get really mad at you when you stand up for God. He's going he's to throw you into a fiery furnace. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure if you'd asked him on the front end, they'd have said, yeah, I'd just soon hold, avoid the whole flames burned alive thing. But it was in the trial, in the circumstance, where God met them face to face. And sometimes, perhaps, in our cries, and I understand, we all do it, right? In our cries, say, God, 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 please, I don't care what you do, but get me out of this. Perhaps we're actually asking to be removed from a situation where we might be able to encounter him face to face. So, so maybe, I'm just maybe, we should say, God, you're sovereign. See, that's what I want, I want you to understand today. When I say that, that God has got the power and God has the knowledge and, and God is present, for each and every trial and circumstance in your life, I want you to understand that that does not necessarily mean uh, removal from the trial, from the circumstance. It may. God in His sovereignty decides those things, not you or I. Me, whichever is right. We don't make those decisions. God does. And God may very well remove us from a trial or circumstance, sometimes quickly, sometimes more slowly. Or sometimes God may keep us in a certain situation so that we can experience his presence with us and know what it is to say, my God is so powerful. He has so much knowledge. He is so with me through this difficulty I'm going through that that is not pleasant. But God is there. My prayer is that you and I would be able to say right along with the psalmist, my help comes from the Lord. What a comfort to know that because our God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and everywhere present, there is nothing that can come into our lives that He cannot handle. Our God is never caught off guard. He's never unprepared. He's never late. On the road of life, knowing that we are safe in His loving protection means all the difference in the world. We invite you to join us on a Sunday morning at Cross Culture Church. We gather each week in a casual and contemporary atmosphere to celebrate the goodness of our God. Cross-culture may be a little different from what you're thinking. Sure, we're a church, but instead of religion, we're about a relationship, a community of believers where Jesus is revealed in the lives of each person, real people who truly care. Find out more at crossculture.church.
Cross Culture Church in North Raleigh, taking the cross to our culture and taking our culture to the cross.